problem with the church today is that we are in love with this present world. Said they never said that anything they owned was their own, but they had all things common. When was the last time you saw a brother or a sister in need and you went to them and gave them 10 or $20? We have a benevolence fund in this church, and last year, my memory serves me correct, over $5,000 went through that benevolence fund to help people. Some of this church, some outside this church. No such thing as a stingy Christian, only backslidden Christians. I'm getting ahead of myself. i got to save that. Power to witness to the resurrection. And it says that in verse 34, concerning the great grace that was upon them all. See, that great grace was for a purpose. The power was for a purpose. The powers for a purpose was to witness. The great grace was for a purpose. And the Bible says very clearly that great grace is to give. You see, when you give, it's a demonstration of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible admonishes us concerning him in the book of 2 Corinthians, I believe it is, chapter 8 or 9. It says, He who was rich became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. You see, friends, if you know that you are rich, if you know that you are rich, it is no trouble to give. The believer that is yet immature and doesn't know how rich he is struggles with giving. It's like pulling teeth to get a dollar out of it. Tithing? Oh, Lord, tithing. Why? Why should we tithe? Why does the church need all of that money? Why? Look what Jim Baker did. Well, Jim Baker's been preached more lately than Jesus Christ. I've said before, and I'll say it again, you know a person's saved when God gets their wallet to begin to tithe. What's a tithe? A tithe is 10%. How many say amen? All of you who couldn't say amen, say oh me. And if you can't say oh me, say I'm guilty. Great grace was upon them all. Great grace was for a purpose. And it says in verse 34, neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. Laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Great power, great grace. There is no such thing as a revival that is not marked by sacrificial giving. Don't tell me you've got revival when you sit on your wallet and are stingy. You're lying through your teeth. you got nothing religion. person who's got revival is generous. Somebody says, let's take an offering, and they say, hallelujah. I love to give. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I am rich. I want to give. I want to give. I said the reason that, that the church is powerless today, and I'll say it again as soon as I get unhitched from this thing, that <laughs> one of these days I'm going to get tied up up here and fall flat on my face. The reason that the church is powerless today is that too many of them have fallen in love with this present world and while they're sitting in the worship services they are worrying about how they're going to pay that next bill on that new boat or that new car or that new home that they just bought that they didn't need. They're in love with this world. It's a struggle for them to make it to church once a week. You're in love with Jesus. You've caught a glimpse of glory. John chapter 13 says Jesus, knowing where he came from, where he was going, rose from the table and began to wash the disciples' feet. In the garden when he prayed that night, he felt the awful burden of all the sins of the world. But in the garden that night, there was something else on his heart that's on my heart tonight. And that is that Jesus was getting very 
very homesick. Very, very homesick. 33 years he had walked this old earth. He saw all that sin and the devil had done to his precious, precious creation. He beheld all the wickedness and all the sinfulness and all the sickness and all the poverty. And now he knew that just ahead of him, just around the bend, lay the cross, the end. And as he looked ahead at that, he knew that beyond the cross, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the suffering of that cross, the shame, the degradation of people spitting on him and mocking him. He endured that for the joy that was set before him. I'm homesick tonight. I'm homesick for heaven. I got a longing to go. I'm tired of this old world. It's never going to get any better. I'm sick to death of it. I love the lost tears the heart out of me to see homes ripped apart, to see lives destroyed, to see young girls 15, 14, 13 carrying a child around because some idiot said, let's have free sex. Sick to death of this age in which we live that says, do your own You have the right. I don't look for another house or another car to satisfy this longing in my heart. There's only one thing that will fulfill that longing. That's the soon appearing of my Lord and Savior. I want to see him. I want to see him. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I weep tonight. I weep tonight for all of those Christians who have fallen in love with this present world. Fire has gone out. The glory has departed. The burden for the lost, the passion to see people saved, has left. How many churches, Jesus? How many churches tonight? Are you like it describes in the book of Revelation, standing outside the door, knocking? Knocking. The Lord of the church standing outside knocking saying, let me in. How many Christians' hearts tonight, God? Christians, I said, that have fallen in love with this present world. Are you knocking at their heart's door saying, will you let me in? I want a fellowship Oh, God, get a hold of our hearts tonight. Get a hold of you. Get a hold of you. And show them, God, that the relationships with boys and girls and all that, it's okay, but it's secondary. It, it, it's, it's not the most important thing. Give a hold of the hearts of moms and dads. And cause them to return you tonight. Hallelujah.